Welcome to the Senior Dog Revolution, where we discuss how to give our senior dogs the best life they deserve, where age is just a number and health and happiness of our senior pets is a priority. Hello, senior dog pet parents. This is Dr. Monica Tarantino, and welcome back to the Senior Dog Revolution podcast. I am so excited you guys are here. So it's been, I don't know what it's like for you guys where you got, where you live, but it has been full-blown springtime here in the Carolinas, and I am enjoying it so much. The weather has been gorgeous, been super, a lot of sunshine out. It's been some rainy days too, but a lot of sunshine, and there has just been new life all around our home. So in the trees and the bushes all around our house, we've got so many different types of birds here. So we've got beautiful goldfinches, bluebirds, blue jays, cardinals, different types of hawks and owls. They're just absolutely gorgeous out there. And so there's just been a lot of life and we've really been enjoying it. Last week when I was outside with the dogs, I heard a little bit of scuffling and this little, like a bird crying. And I looked over and the dogs are running over to this spot and I yelled at them to stop, ran over there. And I found this little Carolina wren fledgling and she was gorgeous. Um, I picked her up. Fortunately, the dogs had just kind of looked at her. They hadn't actually reached her yet. I think she was scared because she saw them starting to approach her. So I picked her up. I did a really thorough exam on her. Everything looks good. She never ended up in any of their mouths or even near their paws or anything like that. They were, they were close. Fortunately, I looked over at the right time. Um, but she never ended up with that. And so she did a good physical exam on her and she looked great. And then I let her fly off and she just flew right off into the trees. She did fantastic. So we're really excited about that. But if you guys ever do find fledglings, there's usually one of two things that you're going to want to do. So if you find a fledgling, the best thing is just to leave it where it is. As long as there is no interaction with your dog or your cat and it looks like it is relatively healthy. Okay. Cause usually the, the adult, the parents are somewhere nearby, just kind of watching over it. If there is a chance that there was a scuffle with a dog or a scuffle with a cat, or they were in the mouth of your pet, you definitely want to call a wildlife rescue and get their advice. They're probably going to have you bring them in because it can be really hard to find punctures on these guys or find little tiny broken bones. Cause they're really fragile. They've literally got little tiny bird bones, so they can be injured really quickly. And so if you do think there was a scuffle with a, with a pet or another animal, definitely call a wildlife rescue and bring them in. Fortunately for this fledgling, she looked fantastic and there was no scuffle. Just, uh, I think she was just scared when she saw them coming towards her. So I would be too, if I was hard to be honest. So, but they did great. And so we're really excited about that. So hopefully you guys are enjoying springtime where you live too. Today, what I want to talk to you guys about is just this concept of life moving on quickly with our dogs, especially our senior dogs. And so life moves on whether we want it to or not, right? And it seems like it moves exponentially fast when it comes to our senior dogs. And I've been noticing that a lot lately with Becca, who is my over 16-year-old lab mix. And Becca has had a lot of changes in the past six to eight months that have just really happened very, very slowly and right underneath our noses, to be honest. And I actually journal about my dog's health and I document kind of the things that they do. If I honestly hadn't been paying really close attention, I could have missed it super easily. And I have missed it before when I own senior dogs. And I think a lot of senior dog pet parents actually miss the changes that happen because they just happen right underneath their nose sometimes. And so I want to talk about that today because after, of course, working with all of my senior dog patients, working with the pet parents there, having my own senior dogs, this phenomenon of dogs starting to de- senior dogs starting to decline and things starting to change right under your nose 
it happens to almost every senior dog at some point and many pet parents actually miss it. And there are a lot of things that I do automatically and naturally when this is happening. And I want to share that with you guys out there because I know there are some of you out there that are dealing with that senior dog that's becoming a geriatric or is a geriatric and you're noticing this decline. You're not really sure what to do. I think I have a lot of natural thought processes that I I do when when that happens in my home. And I want to try to isolate those and share them with you in case it can help you and your senior dog. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And I'm going to use Becca as the example. And this has happened many times with my other senior dogs. And the first time it actually happened to me, I feel like I missed it. I didn't really realize what this phenomenon was, um, where they start to kind of decline pretty quickly when they, when they hit a certain age or a certain point. And so we'll talk about what that looks like for Becca right now. The most important thing, of course, guys, is going to be their quality of life, right? And so Becca still has a really great quality of life right now. So we're thrilled about that. But we're at this point where we really need to be watching her really closely because there are things that are happening right now that could kind of tip the scale pretty soon for her. So it's it's a lot. And this is just a point where senior dogs will get to some at some point. And you just want to be aware of it because you want to make sure that you're you're going to make the right choice that make sure that we're preserving their health and their happiness for as long as possible. And we're going to talk about a few key things that you can be doing with them when they kind of hit this point to really make sure that you are doing right by them. So let's start talking about that with regards to Becca. So the first thing that I want to talk to you guys about with Becca is her mobility. And just so you guys know, so Becca is is a, a lab mix, a black lab mix. Most of you guys have probably seen pictures of her because I'm obsessed with her <laughs> um, on social media if you follow me. But Becca has had hip dysplasia and arthritis ever since we adopted her at age 10. And so she's always had a little bit of a choppy gait in her back legs. And we've started her on joint supp- supplements as soon as we got her and all sorts of things, physical therapy and whatnot. And she's done really well with that, but she's always had bad hips and she's even had a bad lower back. Um, and we've been taking x-rays on her periodically to really assess this, these changes with it and really make sure that we're staying on top of it with her. And so now that she's had these bad hips for most of her life, and certainly for the, at least the past six years, they have continued to progress as she's gotten older. And her her gait, we've noticed differences in her gait, so her walk, as well as her speed on her walks, as well as her desire to actually even go for walks in the in the past six to eight months, which has really changed. So we have this loop that we do that's about a one mile loop for our shorter walk during the day. And Becca used to be able to do that no problem for the past five and a half years. And we usually go to this pond. There's this beautiful tree. She loves to sniff underneath there and we could make it there no problem and back. And over the past six to eight months, that distance and the pace that we go out with her has really gone downhill. So she can probably only go about a block now, guys, down and back and maybe a block and a half. And her walk is even shorter. So her back legs take these really short kind of choppy steps when she, when she walks. And she also has this new thing that she's been doing for the past six months, which is she will occasionally just scuff her little back nails on the pavement as she walks. And that has started happening about six months ago when we started noticing it. It's her back right leg. We've done some diagnostics on her. What we think is happening with her is that she has some sort of degenerative neuropathy occurring with her back leg. And so that's going to be a silly progressive thing that continues to progress for her. And we just kind of monitor monitor it really closely. But certainly as we've, the past six months have occurred, the, her, her walk distance and everything that we just talked about has really drastically changed for her. So right now we take her for two walk a day where we do about a block and she actually starts to ask to come back 
a lot sooner because even for her, she can't carry her weight around as well with these back legs that don't work as well and that likely hurt her because her arthritis. And so she certainly um, notices it too. She takes a lot more breaks to start sniffing at things and we just let her do all of these things that she wants to do. It's all about just doing what she wants right now because she truly has these back legs that don't work very well right now. And so we're trying to do just some physical therapy to maintain her strength um, without exacerbating her joint disease and then also just walk her and keep her as active as we can right now without pushing her too much. And there's this really delicate balance with that, but that has been one of the biggest changes that we've noticed with her in the past six to eight months. The other thing that we've noticed, which I already just mentioned, was that she's had that little bit of scuffing with her back leg. And so that's been a progression for her um, that we didn't used to see. And at first, that can be due to a lot of different things for dogs. So if you ever notice that your dog has scuffing with its back leg when it kind of drags it, and it was more of a thing that you hear, guys. So so usually most pet parents actually don't see the back nail scuffing on the pavement. They hear it. So you'll hear this little kind of drag on the pavement when they're back, when they move one of their back legs. And that's how we noticed it too, to begin with, with Becca. But that has been a totally new development for her as of six, eight months ago. And, you know, whenever you see that, oftentimes it's going to be a, some sort of neurologic disease happening. And it can be anything from them having a tumor starting to develop to having a slip disc where they might need surgery for it to just having a progressive neuropathy and so much more. So if you do notice that happening with your, your, your dog, bring them into the vet for sure to have them take, to have someone take a look at them. And even if you're noticing gait changes or changes um, in the distance that they can walk, which can sometimes look like exercise intolerance. If you're noticing that stuff, you want to bring them into the vet to have them looked at. We of course are the vets. And so we have been doing exams on her. Becca probably gets exams on her like once a week. <laughs> so we do that pretty frequently with her. So she's constantly getting exams and, and getting testing done too. So certainly noticing if they have any changes to their walk is going to be really important. The next thing that is happening with Becca is we do blood work and urinalysis and we do testing on her usually every four months. And she has recently begun to develop some kidney disease and kidney disease. Um, she's got chronic kidney disease. There's a lot of different types of kidney disease. She has chronic kidney disease that's developing and it manifested in her as she was drinking a lot more and then urinating a lot more. And so over the past six months, we've gradually seen her drinking more water and urinating more, having accidents in the house. Now, one of the times that we noticed that she actually had a UTI. So if you ever do notice those changes that seem either subtle to you or seem like they're happening all of a sudden, you want to make sure you bring them to the vet. They'll likely do blood work or urinalysis on them or both because there are a lot of different diseases that can cause this increased drinking and urination that are really serious. And so certainly kidney disease is one of them. Um, diabetes is another one. They can have a disease called Cushing's. They can have a UTI. There's a lot of different things for Becca. The first time she had an accident in the house in the morning, we took her in and she actually ended up having a UTI. And then later on, as it's been going along, we've been noticing that she's able to hold it less just in general. And so that has likely been due to her kidney disease because she's just drinking a lot more water. So her bladder is full a lot more often. So we've got to be letting her out pretty frequently. Um, she can definitely hold it through the night. Just we have to get up really early to let her out so she can go potty. So that has been the second change that we've noticed with, with Becca is this gradual increase in her drinking and her urination and then um, occasional messes in the house. And so if you guys notice that stuff again, of course, you want to make sure you're bringing them into the vet. So let's talk about just a couple of things that I do that I think are going to be really important for you guys to be thinking about at home. 
So I've just described three different changes that have occurred with Becca, right? So she's got her ability to walk has decreased significantly. So her gait has changed. The distance that we walk has changed. That is one of the changes. The other change that I mentioned for her is that she has a new orthopedic condition, right? So she will occasionally scuff her back foot on the ground when she's walking. She actually is also more wobbly in her back end, which is called ataxia that she has. And these actual physical changes that I see are another new change that I've been noticing with her in the past six to eight months. And then the last change that I talked about were things that we picked up on lab work, which were the kidney disease. And then the fact that she occasionally will have these UTIs. And so we've got to be really watch her really closely. And so I'll talk about four different things that you as a pet parent can do with your dog when it actually gets to this point. The first thing that you guys should be doing as a pet parent is you want to be making sure you're bringing your pet in, your senior dog in frequently to the animal hospital whenever these changes occur. So they should be going in for two reasons to the animal hospital. One is going to be for their wellness visits. So the length of time that your vet recommends them coming in will defer on the dog and the degree of disease that they have. So for Becca, I was bringing her, I'm bringing her in every four months to have her lab work done for her wellness lab work. And that's because things just happen really quickly at this phase in their life. And I want to make sure that I'm staying on top of it. For other senior dogs, every six months makes sense. And for others, maybe um, that are not seniors, it's annually, right? And so you want to make sure you're bringing them in for those annual visits. The other type of visit that you're bringing your animal in for is going to be when they're sick or when things change at home. So especially with these geriatrics, make sure you're monitoring them. And when things start to change or you notice a change, just get an appointment on the books with your veterinarian and have them checked out. Just make sure that they don't think that they should be checking anything or that um, they're not making any different recommendations for you. So that's one thing that you guys should be doing doing certainly is making sure you're bringing them in when you notice changes. The second thing that is important that goes along with that is having this understanding that as they approach this type of thing, that your veterinarian is going to need to keep close tabs on them with you because you're, they're going to want to make adjustments as these changes progress. So with Becca and her joint supplement routine and her medication routine and her food, her diet, we have made changes throughout the past six, eight months, just little tweaks to try to increase her comfort and to increase her happiness and her health. And that's been really important. I've needed to use the lab work and and my physical exams on her to really guide those tweaks for her. So it's different where we, you know, We've done things like incorporated acupuncture at one point. I've changed a joint supplement with her at one point. I've taken her off of medication that she was on and started a new one. And I've definitely changed her diet now so that she's on a kidney diet, a prescription diet for kidneys. So be aware that when these things start happening, oftentimes your veterinarian is going to be need to make little tweaks to their medical regime as these things happen, which is why these frequent visits to your vet is going to be really important. And I strongly urge you guys not to make those changes at home without consulting with your vet um, because I've seen people do do things that can be dangerous to their dogs. Like they've increased a medication dose from once a day to twice a day without ever asking the vet when they were already on the highest dose for that medication and they were potentially going to be damaging their dog's organs by doing that. So make sure you work really closely with your vet. The next thing that I recommend that you guys do is really starting to write down what you guys are noticing at home so that you can keep track of it too. It's so easy for us for this, these changes to happen right under your, under your nose, um, that you just forget. Like it'd be really easy for us to forget that, Hey, like five months ago, we didn't need to let Becca out during the daytime every 
three or four hours. She could hold it eight hours. And now when she's awake, she's just drinking all the time that we have to have a pet sitter come up, come over when we're at work to let her out really frequently because we don't want her to, to have to hold it or make messes in the house. So it's really easy just because you naturally adjust with that that senior dog to their new lifestyle or to their new progression, their disease, you start making adjustments because you care. And so it's really easy to forget that like, oh my God, we didn't have to do that, you know, five or six months ago. And then we're doing that now. And just to really put things into perspective for yourself. And then the fourth thing, of course, is going to be making sure that you're constantly keeping tabs on quality of life. Our senior dogs are going to develop diseases at some point. They just will. Um, and And so we need to be monitoring them and their quality of life at home because these diseases will start impacting their quality of life. And at a certain point, they might get to the point where your pet doesn't have a good quality of life because of those diseases. And we just need to be making sure that we're keeping tabs on that and constantly reassessing what makes this pet happy in their day-to-day life. And so for Becca, you know, Becca still gets up and comes and greets us when we get home, even though she kind of struggles to get up more, more lately. She still is ravenous with her food. She still even plays with the dogs outside and loves to go bark at our neighbor dog <laughs> across the fence. She still loves to get pets and she seeks us out when she's here at home. She still is happy and as healthy as she can be at this point and we're thrilled. So right now her quality of life is great. And I hope that's the case for you and your senior dog. But when she stops doing those things or those things start reducing, you better believe that we are going to be constantly reassessing them because we need to just be ready for that time when we might need to let them go. And I don't know when that's going to be for Becca, guys. Um, uh, I know that it's probably going to be sometime in the next couple of months, maybe, maybe I'll get, maybe I'll get another year. I don't know, but I, I know that I need to be watching really just um, vigilantly with her and just doing everything I can to cherish her and to soak her up and make sure that the time that I do have with her, that we are making the most of it. So anyways, I hope that helps you guys. Um, and if you guys have any questions, of course, you can always shoot us an email at seniordogdoc at gmail.com, um, or you can write to us on social media. We're happy to, to go through things there. I did want to remind you guys that I do have a online course for, for pet parents of senior dogs that's coming out this summer. And I've teamed up with Dr. Littman, who was on our last podcast episode going over the new Q test. The two of us have teamed up. We have talked about all the things that we love to do with our senior dog patients and all the things that we want our pet parents doing at home. And we put it into this online course and we provided a really simple formula in this course for you to be able to give your senior dog the best care possible. And we cannot wait, guys. This is a game changer um, for you and for your dogs. And so we can't wait to get it into your hands. As soon as it'll be launched, we will let you know but that is coming out soon and it's going to be amazing. So that's it guys. I hope you guys love the podcast episode today and we will be back in just a few weeks um, with another episode for you. And in the meantime, I hope that you and your senior dogs are having an amazing day. All content on Senior Dog Revolution is for informational purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for any type of professional veterinary advice for your pet. Your dependence on the content of any information found on Senior Dog Revolution is at your own risk as nothing discussed or mentioned here can replicate a true doctor-patient relationship between yourself and a veterinarian. As always, for veterinary care and advice for your pet, please see your veterinarian.